0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the English Premier League Boys. The Christmas ham is slowly digesting in our system, and I think I ate enough dessert to put a small family out of business. As always, my name is Matt. Joined, as always, by with me is my best friend through the interwebs, uh, JD. JD, first of all, Merry Christmas. How was the festivities, sir?
1: Merry Christmas, Matt. Um, yeah, the festivities were great. Uh, spent time with family, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then I went to a casino Christmas evening. Um, that was fun. It was a very interesting thing to do, but I, I actually made money. I walked into the casino with one hundred twenty bucks in cash. I walked out with one hundred and sixty five dollars in cash. I dropped, I think, forty dollars. On penny slots, and then I hit. I went to the blackjack table, two hands, 15 fifteen dollar minimum. Won both hands on fifteen, and then did some more penny slots, and came back and did two 25 five dollar hands, and won both hands. And I kid you not, I hit on a fourteen, and the dealer was showing a face card. I don't know if it was the alcohol or I or the fact that I won the first three hands, but um, pulled a seven. So let's just say I was very excited. Uh, I got straight the fuck up off that table. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving this casino with money in my pocket. So, yeah, I had a great Christmas weekend. Um, I, I, I know you hosted your family's Christmas. So how'd that go? Uh,
0: yes. Um, talk about. Good thing you had that second bathroom. Yeah. God. Thank God we have that second bathroom. <laughs> um. Yeah. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had, I think at some point over 20 something odd people in my house and, uh, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely something we're going to do again. But, uh, yeah, you want to talk about being absolutely just beaten up at the end of the day. Just, oh my yeah. God. But yeah, um, especially someone like me who is so conscious of like the stuff I put into my body food wise. Yeah my stomach absolutely hates me right now cuz i think i eat anything gonna, and everything under the sun oh dude it's been sunday you
1: you're gonna really christen that new bathroom which oh. i also have to do yes. cuz i christened your first bathroom when i was when i was at your house i don't i don't even know if i told you i did take a shit in your toilet you um, you
0: told you, you you told did me. i yeah you told me I, uh, I
1: didn't remember if i told you, you but um you did, but yeah, yeah yeah i'll have to i'll have to come by sometime <laughs> and, and take a shit in your new bathroom oh. it's kind of a thing i do
0: Hey, you know what? And who am I to mess up your thing? But uh, yeah, Sunday was heavy Boxing Day football and the loosest pants I could find in the house because the bloat was real. And speaking of Boxing Day football, boys and girls, we had a lot of fun, a lot of goals uh, over the Boxing Day fixtures from Sunday into Monday. Um, And JD, we we have to start it off with The game that broke the most amount of goals in a Boxing Day fixture ever. Manchester City six. Leicester City three. Oh my goodness. I mean, this game originally, you see Manchester City take a three-nothing lead and you um or I'm sorry, a four-nothing lead, and already I'm sitting here going, Oh my god, Brendan Rodgers might not even make it to the tunnel before he gets sacked. Leicester City made this a game because at one point in time it was 4-0 nothing and then it turned to 4-3 but a lot of errors from that Leicester City defense uh you know just allowed Manchester City to get a few more goals JD um I mean we we've we've talked about this on previous episodes when Manchester City want to let the dogs out scoring six like and maybe this is just because we've just been seeing this so consistently Dude, Manchester City. Like, I wasn't even surprised they score six goals because this is just honestly what we expect from them now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think Leicester City were very poor at the back in this game. They, they clicked into gear for. Uh, how quick did they score minutes, those three goals? Ten minutes. Like, it was a ten, ten, ten minutes. Three yeah, goals yeah. Yeah, minutes. they clicked into gear for about ten minutes in the middle of the game, and that was about fucking it. Uh, other than that, they were pretty fucking awful. Yuri Tielemans, I, I rate him so highly. Now, his first penalty giveaway is questionable. Is it is it there to be given? Yes. Is it harsh? Probably. Second one, absolutely not. Right, second one's a, a stonewall penalty. You gotta do better. You can't defend like that. All right. But like you said, Manchester City, they just have this habit of at any given moment, being able to score four, five, six goals in a game, and it's it's scary. I mean, I mean it's scary. Leicester City are not a bad team. They were very bad in this game, but overall, they they are not a bad team. And it's it, they're they're going through a tough time right now. They just got. I mean, the, I mean they got battered by Manchester City. Sure, they scored three on them, but they got battered. They got Liverpool up next. They just lost to Liverpool in the Carabao uh-huh. Cup, playing a mostly uh,
0: I was about to say strong eleven. Let Let's be very clear. They lost to Liverpool's like yes. B squad with like a couple sprinkles of guys from the usual yeah. starting eleven. H-
1: Henderson Henders Jordan Henderson was the only like actual starter in that team, and it was it, it was. I mean, I I just expected to lose that game. I I and, and I think Klopp did too. He was just giving guys time. <laughs> I I mean yeah it it was it it's it's not great for Leicester City right now and we'll we'll get more we'll talk more about uh, their upcoming match against Liverpool later but um yeah I City are they're they're just looking like they they can do this to just about anybody yeah just about anybody
0: uh, and I know it's what we're doing now we're going to talk about our Pepper Books MVPs uh during the uh games instead of saving them towards the end um yeah. I, I usually don't do an ouch town. Uh, I I am doing an ouch town, and it is on Yuri Tillemans, because uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, that first penalty may or may not have been questionable, but ooh, giving up two penalties in one game, I mean, I'll be honest with you. The two penalties he gave up, I, I'm not saying he's the reason why his team lost that game, but. Going down into half two nothing compared to being down four nothing is a mountain I don't believe any team in professional sports can climb. I feel like if you had to put it on one person, I feel like Yuri Tillman's actually lost this game, and I know that's so unfair, but giving up two penalties against an already stacked Manchester City side yeah, dude, it, it's it's straight to Ouch Town for you. I, I and I know because we rate him so highly on this podcast. But it was a very bad day at the office, and it's just something that we have to mention. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, know, I, mean, I yeah. I didn't know if you had anything else to say. Um. All right. We'll just. No. I, uh, I I
1: agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Um. Can't rate him highly enough. But uh, yeah. You can't be. You can't. You can't do this. Yeah.
0: It's. It's just. It's just. It's just not good enough. But guys, we're gonna go to the next game. Uh, we kind of, we kind of picked this one out. Uh, we kind of figured that this would be a scoreline, but it's still nice to see it, you know, in person or at least see it actually happen. Arsenal five, Norwich City nothing. Sugar, we're going down. But, yeah, Arsenal, absolutely flying. I mean, honestly, this team is fun to watch. Talking with Arsenal fans, they're excited. This is something that they're building on. They're a top-four side right now. Arsenal got everything rolling. Honestly, usually a situation, I mean, honestly, I feel like the majority of the clubs around the world have had this happen where, you're a big star player, something controversial comes up, and it's a huge media swirl, and it tanks the whole team. This Obama Yang thing has been swept so far under the rug. Watching this game, I forgot Pierre-Emerick Yang was even on the team. Because this team is playing so well without him, and it seems that how much of a distraction he was and how great they are without him is absolutely crazy to see. Because, like, I'll use the Paul Pogba situation as an example. Dude, when Paul Pogba calls up a stir in the media or his agent calls up a stir and he doesn't know what he's doing with his future, dude, it derails half the team. Game plans are thrown out the window. Everything is kind of just absolutely just shaken out of place. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang had poor performances, poor attitude, dropped by the coach. Rest of the team is like, fuck it. We're good. We're good. We got this. I mean, J.D., I can't stop saying enough wonderful things about Arsenal. I'm not talking about Norwich anymore this season. Unless Norwich give me a reason to talk about them, I'm not talking about them. We got to talk more about this Arsenal team, though, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They look. I, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from their performance, but this it was Norwich they were playing. Let's calm down. You, Arsenal has been flying in the last two months. Absolutely. Just don't take too much away from them beating the shit out of Norwich cuz basically everybody does that. I, uh, Manchester United barely did, but you know, they got the job done. <laughs> I don't know. I the one thing I have to say though is Bakayo Saka, good on you for scoring two goals, but you scored two of the lamest goals I've ever seen. <laughs> just absolute poor defending and not like neither of his shots were very good. it just it was just goalkeeping and defending it was just so bad they just rolled in i again not taking anything away from two premier league goals scored by bakayo soccer but like they were they were not highlight real goals (laughs) i just but i'm yeah
0: no i just i i I think it's like i think just the biggest thing to take away like from all this is I think the world is waiting for these Arsenal young guns to kind of start to flatten out, but yet I feel like every single week they're getting a little bit better, and
1: just uh, and, just wait till uh, just wait till, you know, a bigger team comes oh, calling for Bukayo Saka and Emile Smith Rowe.
0: But you know what, I, I, I just I wonder, I wonder if Arsenal have enough brewing where they can kind of fend off some again. It's, it's,
1: if if they can consistently make top four, I'm not talking about just this season. Yeah. They might make top four this season. If if a player like Bakayo Saka feels that, which he might, he might feel like Arsenal is in line to consistently make top four. That might be the case. That also might not be the case. I I, I don't know, because you're going to have to bring somebody, you're, you're probably going to lose Lacazette, or you're definitely losing Yang. You're going to have to bring somebody in depending on who that is to lead the line I I, I I don't know I and going forward, some of these young players might say, like like martinelli I mean he's he's only just now you know getting time um and, and it's he's, it's been so inconsistent up until this point I I don't know is that is that gonna continue or is he gonna get put on the bench again when they bring you know a, 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 they're gonna have to bring a big money guy in they're going to. Because they're gonna get something for well, they might not get anything for a lot, cause they'll get something for up on the end probably, unless they fucking buy out his contract. Be dumb as shit. But these young players are going to have to think about whether or not Arsenal is in line to consistently make top four. Because if they if these players don't feel that is the case, they're gonna be fighting for top four every season. A player like Bakayo Saka or Emil Smith Rowe will have a much better opportunity somewhere else.
0: And just something like low-key I don't think we talk enough about is Arsenal got Odegaard for $30 million from Real Madrid. That low-key might be one of the better buys at the price tag it was for how much this guy affects this team. Odegaard opens up this Arsenal offense. I mean, if we have to pick any single person from this Arteta lineup who is, like, the guy he needs... Dude, Odegaard, in my opinion, stands out head and shoulders above the rest, being the most important guy on this lineup. I think there are players who are um, you can you can uh, exchange them out for other players, but I think Odegaard is so important to what Arteta wants to do, pushing forward offensively, that it's just something that I just I feel like no, I just do not feel that we are as fans. Like I see enough people like talking about it subtly amongst themselves. But I don't see it being the big conversation a lot of people, you know, have done. But again, we'll we'll pursue those conversations further in the season. We'll see how those things develop. Oh, um, <clears throat> by the way, um. We didn't skip a few games. Um, I forgot to jump in. I was just so excited to talk about soccer. Um, the liverpool Leeds, Wolves, Watford, Burnley, Everton games were all postponed due to COVID outbreaks. So if you did not hear or you did not see, or this is the only place you do get your APL information from, well... That's what happened to those fixtures. Uh, all those games were postponed and will be pushed to later dates due to COVID outbreaks between either one or both of the sides. So we will move on now to the next game. Tottenham 3, Crystal Palace, none. Goals from Harry Kane, Lucas Moura, Hyung-Ming Sun. Basically, top three guys for Tottenham. Uh, Crystal Palace, Uh, the only thing they have to take away from this game is... um. Wilfred Zaha put the boxing in Boxing Day because yellow decided to body slam one of the Tottenham players. I think it was Sanchez. And yeah, he got to hit the showers early. I think he just got a really good toy on Christmas Day and he wanted to go home really quickly to play it. But, J.D., Tottenham, I mean, clearly on the up. Clearly things are working out. Harry Kane is finally now starting to get into the goals. I believe these are goals in back-to-back games and and very Harry Kane-like goals. If Harry Kane can continue to perform at this level, if you look at where they are on the table, they are in that fifth spot with three games in hand over the team in fourth, which is in Arsenal, only being six points down. Do you see any possibility the fact that Tottenham, with now Antonio Conte being at the uh, head, do you think Tottenham might be able to actually squeeze into a Champions League spot? Yeah, I mean,
1: top four is wide open. Harry Kane needs to not be... Well, no, sorry, I I should put it this way. Mohamed Salah has scored five times more goals than Harry Kane this season. So... Um, If you're going to individually pick out Harry Kane, getting back into form, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Two goals in two games. Cool. Um, Yeah, he needs to start scoring a little more consistently uh, unless he leaves in January, which is still very much a possibility. And then, who are you playing? I mean, at that point, you're playing a false nine, which which I don't know. That, you know, unless... uh, I'm rambling now, but unless they then in reinvest Harry Kane money that they would get immediately, um, which I I don't think they would do smartly. So, in my opinion, if this is going off topic, but if Harry Kane leaves in, in January, they should just play a false nine system with Youngman's Son up top or Lucas Moura um, or, you know, give Bergewein minutes. I, you know,
0: uh, you got that guy. I mean, Remember him? Uh, honest. Uh, why do I think Daily Alley would work in a false nine? Daily yeah, now. no. Fuck Dele Alley. He's the greatest young English player since uh, Jesse Lingard. Come on, bro. Put some, res- <laughs> put some respect on these young honestly, English talents names.
1: Honestly, Delhi Alley should do what Jesse Lingard did and go to fucking West Ham because that might reinvigorate his fucking career. Um, no, but yeah. It, it, Harry Kane might leave. I don't know. But it, it, top, yeah, top four is wide open. The games in hand they have is huge. It's kind of bullshit. But at the same time, I understand why they have them. Um, it, it, it's The, the table is going to look weird for probably like two months while these games get rescheduled. In this game, I mean, going down a man does, certainly doesn't help you. But either way, Crystal Palace didn't do much. And I mean, I, I don't know. Tottenham just on, on their day you know you have Kane, Mora and Kevin Son scoring. It's just a good win. Just a class a class 3-0 win. Yeah. There's really no I I mean other than the red card probably helping you it, there's not much else to say about it from for for Tottenham. And and really not nothing to say about Crystal Palace. They didn't do fuck. The
0: the only thing I feel like I could take away from Crystal Palace, I mean, and yes, it does fall on Wilfred Zaha, which is you're now very close to 30 years old. You're 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 starting to get up there in age. And you kind of especially, you know, being one of the leaders on this club. I'm not sure if he's the captain or not. I know I think I feel like he's been captain for certain games, but I don't think he's the full-time full-time captain. I, I just you need to have a much stronger mental state to be the to be you one of the head guys on this team. On a yellow your reckless challenge, which led to your second yellow, had no business, like, you just, there was no reason behind it. And you have to realize, at this time, the only way your team is going to get back in this game is if you're on the field. And you need to have the sense of maturity to kind of understand that, hey, if I screw up, like he did, I'm taking my team completely out of the contest. And I feel like that's just something that Crystal Palace over time will hopefully get some players of stronger mental states to be in, you know, be in leadership positions because Wilfred Zaha once again proved that he can be good at times, but at other times he can be extremely inconsistent and actually hurt his team more than help his team. Uh, I I guess, like, I I mean, I, I really don't have much to say else on Crystal Palace's point of view. Um I think I'm ready to move on. Um, this, though, this game. This is the game I happen to be keeping. This is the game I had on the big screen. I It's a couple games on laptops, tablets. This was the game I had on the TV, and I'm sure glad I did. West Ham 2, Southampton 3. In what I can only describe as a heavyweight bout between two guys at 300 pounds, basically just exchanging rights, like, just full right body checks to each other. One hit after another after another, both teams getting absolutely lethal punches in. But Southampton ended up getting the absolute fucking killer. JD. Southampton had every business to be in this game. They went toe to toe with a much better West Ham side and now we need to start having the conversation because West Ham even though and they have played more games than everyone else around them if every team around them gets their vict- gets their win- gets wins dude we could be looking at West Ham being in eighth possibly ninth position in a few weeks West Ham are slipping. Is this cause for concern? Or do you think David Moyes has enough to kind of get the ship right, you know, right before we get out of this crazy Christmas schedule? I, I
1: think West Ham are coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, they are a very good team, but this is still a West Ham team where they, they have star players and they have, you know, some, some Positions where they could do a lot better. You know, Craig Dawson is not the answer going forward. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure he made the mistake for the penalty, unless I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, so he was... Yeah, I'm pretty sure
1: it was Craig Dawson that brought him down. Probably should have been sent off. So
0: that actually was a very controversial point because he lost his footing about 10 yards up. But instead of going down when he lost his footing, he stumbled 10 additional yards and clashed right into the back Of the Southampton player, um, I thought it was the correct call. I thought that was a penalty. Um, I understand that he lost his footing, but if you know you're going to go down, there's enough space. Yeah, yeah, there's enough space to go down without hitting him. And I think he knew what he was doing. And I think he was like, hey, if I just look like I'm going down, it's by accident. Well, unfortunately, yeah, it, it it was the correct call. I believe both the referees and VAR double checking made the correct decision on that play.
1: Yeah, and it, I, I I don't know. I, I think West Ham are still fine. If they if I mean if they don't get rid of too many people in January or the summer, and they make some shrewd signings, I I think they can. I think that they'll definitely be in the Europa League category at come the end of the season um maybe they could have a late i mean well late season push there's still half the fucking season to go they could have a second half season push and you you never know they 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 showed it to us in the beginning of the season how good they can be who knows they could be up there for for that number four spot but overall for this game i think it was just dead even I, i think west ham are unlucky that they lost i think a fair result would have been a draw all credit to Southampton, but a, a fair result will be a draw based on on the stats and just on the highlights I saw. I did not watch this game. But from what I saw, I, I think this was a dead even game. And probably would have liked to see it be a draw, but good on Southampton. It's a, it's a big three points against a very tough team.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, all, all, all credit to Ralph Hassenhurtle's side uh, going away to the London Stadium and grabbing all three points. That, that That's, again, I think that now puts Southampton about n- like six or nine points above the fall, and that's huge. Uh, uh, three points on the road against a top-six team, <laughs> those are the wins, those are the games that keep you up when the points get tight, but we'll... Um, We'll move on now to our next game Aston Villa 1 Steven uh well I would say Steven Gerrard I my apologies uh Chelsea 3 uh Aston Villa uh being out their coach I actually didn't hear about this until they were talking about it right in the pregame that Steven Gerrard would be out um with on the COVID safety protocol he would be watching and zooming in from the game at halt from home um but Thomas Tuchel's side um just overall looked the much better um Uh, Honestly, uh, the only goal to give out in this entire game for Aston Villa was off of probably one of the best own goals I've seen ever. I mean, that header was from like over 18 yards out off of a Reese James head. But two Jorginho penalties and Romelu Lukaku looking like what we think Adama Traore looks like, except he actually can put the ball into the net. Um, Basically running like 40 yards with three players on his back and still being able to finish. J.D., Chelsea have had a lot of penalties this year. Funny enough, Jorginho actually now sits atop now that this, you know, period of the year is over, the full calendar year. Jorginho finishes by breaking the Premier League record with ten league penalties in a calendar year. I I, I, I feel like we've had this conversation, and I made the joke in the Discord talking about it. Bruno from last year, Jorginho from this year, shaking hands, penalties, saving our team season. How much have these penalties really kept Chelsea alive in, uh, in a lot of our recent contests?
1: I mean, they have. Uh, really, I, I just, I, I really hope Jorginho lays in bed at night and just, you know, cuddles a, a, a printed out, like, picture of him of the graphic that I think Bleacher Report or ESPN FC put up saying, like, Jorginho breaks the Premier League record of penalties in a calendar year. I hope he just cuddles it. Because that is the dumbest fucking, like, award or, like, record to, to hold. Like, how do you feel good about that? And mostly being as the fact that you haven't scored any open play goals in that time. You are... I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't call. I would not call him an attacking midfielder. But you're still a midfielder. It's not like you're a defender or something like that. If you're, oh my god, like I, I don't know. He, the fact that this man was in contention for the Ballon d'Or just discredits that award. I, right. it, it, it bothers me that he, he has so he gets so much praise for doing what should be an illegal penalty. Also, I forgot to mention it earlier. Alexander Lacazette, his penalty in the Arsenal game should have been retaken. He fully stopped his run-up. He he actually stopped his run-up. That should have been retaken. I'm pretty sure the rule is that you cannot cannot actually stop your motion. You can can slow down, which is bullshit, but he actually stopped. So I I forgot to fucking rant about that. Um, But Jorginho, again, with his hopscotch twat, Motherfucking bullshit. It, it, it's ridiculous. Get it out of the fucking game. Jorginho is a disgrace to a penalty kick. Mo- and really, I mean, to football in general. I'm sorry. I, I have this weird thing where... Anybody listening to me rant about this for the first time... I cannot stand people that take penalties... That pause their run-up or do a, do a pop or something. Because the goalkeeper is already at so much of a disadvantage. There's no reason that you should allow players... To increase that disadvantage, it, it, it is it is just ridiculous. Georgina's a fucking piece of shit twat. You know what? Rant yeah. over. No, and no. my Pe- sorry, hold on. Go I was ahead. also gonna say my Pepper Brooks MVP is Brees James because fucking bro, like
0: own goal. That, it, yeah. it takes
1: it, it. It's it's really hard to make an own goal like look like one of the better goals you'll ever see. Um, it, it, it's it's really hard to do that. So. Ouchtown population, you bro. Uh yeah,
0: I I'm I'm not gonna uh, honestly I'll post something up on Instagram and I and I want people's say about it. Um but yeah, uh for the casual listener as well, um, fan, whatnot. I I personally agree with JD. The goalies are already at such a disadvantage that the jump the pause anything before a penalty to kind of get a goalie to already move off of his line a little bit or kind of show his card on which way he's gonna go or whatnot i don't know i personally think it it's 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 not good for the game it's it's not or
1: or if if a player pauses or hops you you can't retake the penalty if the goalie's off his line how about that easy fix
0: i just so i i think the issue with that i think now that you're gonna get into that i think the problem is is then because then there's a huge gray area Of what can be, yeah. Then then just don't let him pause or that's what I I think. If you're gonna do it, just cut it all together. Don't give the goalie a leeway where the kicker has a leeway because then there's gonna be this massive gray area of the goalie's gonna jump off the line and what is considered a pause and what is considered a jump and then you're getting. I feel like at that point you're gonna get too technical with it. I think you. It's, just... It's
1: so simple. Just the, the 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 penalty taker needs to run full, like full straight through the kick.
0: Oh God! He, he
1: cannot. He cannot change his. He cannot change his the speed of his run. up All right, So if he does it fully slow, that's fine. If he does it fully, fully normal speed, that's fine. Right. He cannot stray from his starting speed Paul
0: Pogba I, Paul Pogba yeah. going negative 2 miles an hour before taking a penalty kick will always live in just
1: Yeah. And and guess what, as long as he does that the entire time until he kicks the ball. So basically he'll have a terrible plant foot.
0: Well so my <laughs> well, so my question is is could I run up really slow, plant and then kick? Like or Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, that's
1: what I'm saying. That would be dumb to do oh. because that that's that that'd be actually harder on the penalty taker, yeah. I think. Well, I think because yeah, you don't get any force, you don't yeah. need, you don't get any momentum, so the kick's probably gonna be pretty slow. I
0: just feel like as a goalie, you want the run up to be as fast as possible because I think the longer you sit there waiting for the guy to slowly chop up, it's like you're sitting there and you're overthinking it. You're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go right, I'm gonna go right. Oh wait, wait, should I go left? Should I go? Left? Oh, fuck! Yeah. Here comes the kick. Like when it's a quick run up, you just choose a side and you just go with it. But yeah. Um, I'll put something up on Instagram uh, over the next few days. Uh, You guys let me know what you think. Uh, Should the jump slash pause in penalty kicks be taken away, or are you okay with it? Um, I feel like we're going to get a lot of Chelsea fans who are going to be like, yo, bro, don't mess up our good thing. And then there's also going to be Man United fans like myself who are going to go, well, that's like basically what Bruno does. But Bruno doesn't take penalties anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. Um but yeah, um, that's I mean that's basically it for Chelsea. This is a really good win. Uh, reason being is you guys were on a little bit of a slide, and yes, it's a win on the back of two penalties. But I think you got a win, which is most important. Your defense didn't look horrible. I mean, like I said, the only goal you gave up was a worldy of a freaking own goal. And Romelu Lukaku, like I said, Romelu Lukaku coming back healthy. Now he's starting to look like the guy you spent a hundred plus million dollars on um yeah if he starts to come good chelsea might find themselves slowly right back in this race you just hope it's not too late with the way manchester city are playing and what liverpool can do with the upcoming fixtures brighton two, brentford none um we don't really need to talk too much about this goals uh from Trossard and malpay uh, both class goals let me give it let me give credit where credit's due Troussard giving the outside-the-box chip with the goalie coming best, up.
1: Sh- best goal of the weekend. Straight, best goal of the weekend. Straight out
0: of FIFA. I mean, that is straight out of FIFA. The goalie's off of his line. What a beautiful chip. Doesn't let the ball hit the ground. It. it, it some absolute class. And Malpais' finish should also be considered, You know, in my opinion, a really, really solid goal. Um, JD, I- I'm looking at, you know, for Brighton, this is a very good win. But for Brentford... You now only have four points in your last five games. You're starting now to kind of see the cracks starting to form around this you know, side. Brentford also had a few days additional rest. Their game against Manchester United was also postponed. I don't know why, when I was watching this Brentford side, I expected something more. I expected the team to come out, but it's starting to look slow. It's starting to look very cagey, and now they're starting to look like a championship side playing in the Premier League. Are you at all worried that Brentford could find themselves on a really bad run of form and maybe find themselves in that relegation battle at the end of the year?
1: No, I'm not worried because teams, be- they're, they're in 13th right now. And granted, they're, I I mean, they're well above the drop zone right now. I, I'm not too worried because teams below them are are. In, in worse positions, like form wise, I mean, obviously, like Norwich, obviously, Newcastle, obviously, but Burnley is in the relegation zone. So they're 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 tied on points with Newcastle and, and only one point above Norwich City in 20th place. You look at Watford, you look at Leeds, you look at Everton. I'm not saying Everton are going to gonna go down, but they're currently two positions behind them. I I think Brentford are a little lucky that other teams around them are performing so badly that Brentford can go through a rough patch right now uh, i i think second half of the season they'll make a little bit of a push get that comfortable mid-table position i uh, brighton were the much better team i think that statistically this game was even but brighton were the better team overall um just they they were clinical i mean neil mopay great goal. Leandro Troussard, I said it earlier. That, that was the goal of the weekend. I mean, that that is such a beautiful take. And it, it it is so hard. I mean, some some of the world's best players can't do that like on any given opportunity. So for Leandro Troussard to to do that, that it's just something special. And and Brighton deserved it. They they've been they've been pretty good all season for for where they should be. I mean ninth ninth place right now. That that's about that's maybe even higher than I think they should be. So if they can if they can consistently pull out some results like this, they'll be fine. But good game overall.
0: Yeah, I mean honestly, I forget the exact statistic, but there were like the amount of goals that were scored on like this specific Boxing Day. We still have the United Newcastle game to talk about, but that fell on Monday for some reason. Um I still don't know why, but yeah, I mean the amount of goals and the amount of action that came from this Boxing Day, whereas at twenty
1: eight goals, twenty eight goals. That's, I'm telling you, and that's with that's with that's with um, what three three games being yeah three games being postponed. Yeah, Yeah, still twenty eight goals. Yeah, 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 In in six games, Uh,
0: you know what I'm telling you right now, Boxing Day soccer. You really, there's really nothing else like it. Um, All right, we're going to jump now to the final game of the weekend. It did fall on Monday, as I said, and again, I still don't know why. Uh, Newcastle won, Manchester United won. Very, very big surprise game. Uh, JD, I want to do something a little bit different here. I want you to ask me questions about the game. I usually am the one who steers the questions and things. I want to flip this a little bit. I want you to take the role, and I want you to ask me as a United fan. I want I want you to ask me some tough hitting questions, and I want to see if I can answer them as best as I can.
1: Okay. Um, first question: Yes or no? Or no? Sorry, not a yes or no question. Uh, How much do you think Harry Maguire is worth monetarily in British pounds sterling?
0: so he was brought in for what wasn't it like 80 million pounds or something like that yes
1: 80 million pounds ballpark yeah. figure
0: i 35 i don't even i don't i honest to god all right no i i
1: <laughs> that's a little high don't you think i
0: know I, I i, th- I think because here's the thing I, oh well, yeah
1: english tax okay yeah english I, tax. i think you well, that, that adds 10 or 15 million uh,
0: I just look at it from this point of view of... And I think it's hurting Harry Maguire having the price tag he has. And I think it hurts Harry Maguire the fact that he was, like, made captain immediately joining the club. Like, Ashley Young went out and he immediately became the club's captain. And it's just like... I think he became captain for all the wrong reasons. He became so expensive for all the wrong reasons. And the issue is is that's made the microscope put on Harry Maguire so big. And every mistake he makes is times a hundred because you're the most expensive defender in history and you are the captain of Manchester United. I mean, even if he wasn't worth... Let, let's say United spent $35 million on him. If he was the captain of Man United immediately after joining the club, Still, everything he would have done is under a microscope. But yeah, him and Varon. I mean, Varon, you could 100% tell, has not played, you know, full pace soccer since his injury. And he gave him and Harry both had very poor games. Even when United was dominating, heavy possession at the later part of the game, passing the ball side to side with no intention of going forward really killed a lot of the momentum United was, was building towards the end.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, um, question two. How much does Alan Saint Maxman cost this summer?
0: Um first I wanna I, I hope he's okay. Um, him and Callum Wilson both being out now for who knows, they both look like they pulled calf injuries and you know, hearing the announcers say that that's like a six to eight week injury, um, that could be the kiss of fucking death for newcastle i understand they might bring guys in in january but not having probably your two best players during the most crazy part of your schedule um ah, dude it might be the kiss of death if newcastle can find a way to stay up you are looking at a player who could sell for easily 75 million euros and that is to anyone that is to germany italy france doesn't matter um I just watched this guy, like, any time you have to go against Alan St. Maximum and he's on his day, like, because the issue is is there are games he'll disappear. There are games he's pulled at halftime because it's just not working. But when you're a side that sit back and counterattack the way that Newcastle do... Dude, when you're a guy like Alan Saint Maximum and you have Diego DeLoe, who is not good defensively at the right back position, and Harry Maguire to go right up against, dude, that's that's an easy day for Alan Saint Maximum. But the key thing is going to be is that injury, um, especially for a guy who is as pacey as he is, dude. That's that's gonna, dude. I'm I'm so worried for Newcastle that that could be a huge problem. Not only for them to stay up, because if they don't stay up they might not they might like 50 million might be the range. You could literally yeah. you could literally lose 25 million dollars in profit just by going down.
1: Yeah? Yeah, no. No, for for sure. All right, my my third and final question about this game for you, Matt. How do you feel about you know, really like the, the just the whininess of Cristiano Ronaldo and I mean, I, this is exactly what I said when, when he signed for Manchester United. He, in this game, he made just ridiculous runs. Like, I, and not ridiculous runs, but in the circumstance that he's complaining about it, like not being passed to, he's making like darting runs 50 yards away. And when he doesn't get the ball, he's like swinging his arms around, screaming at teammates. Why didn't you pass me? There's like three guys on him. How do you feel about that? And should Ronaldo have been sent off
0: um, really quickly, no, Ronaldo should not have been sent off. The reason why is... I,
1: now, now, in context, he did, honestly, on par with Andrew Robertson last the week. The
0: only thing is, is because where... Oh, he
1: didn't make as much contact? No,
0: it's not. Then That contact is, he was closer to the ball, where, like, where he was kicking. He got good contact on the defender. My apologies, I don't remember... Uh, who the Newcastle? I think it was. Fra- I, th- I thought it
1: was Fraser. It, I, it might not have been. But I,
0: whoever the Newcastle player been was. Been no, he no. Challenge. He got contact. I'm not saying he got contact, but yeah. I do, I think a yellow was the correct call. um Straightforward. I mean, the ref didn't even hesitate. The ref had the yellow. He
1: flipped the defender over. The, f- the defender did an entire full front flip. To go- you know how much force it takes to make a grown man do a front flip. Um, excessive force. That's the answer.
0: No, and I'm and I'm not going to argue with you on that. But I'm just think I think in the context of where it was on the field and all that, I think a yellow was the fair call. Um, all right. When it comes to and it's not just Cristiano either. It, it's a lot of players on this team. There's a lot of arm pointing. There's a lot of arms in the air. There's a lot of screaming and shouting. Um, David de Gea is, I mean, literally screaming at players left and right that tells me that there's a lack of communication or there's a lack of execution going on, where there's an expectation on where players need to be, where the pass needs to be, and just the overall expectation. There were a lot of times today Marcus Rashford, Bruno, Jaden Sancho, Greenwood had windows to deliver balls and passes to open up people, not just Cristiano, but other players on the field in general. Fred and McTominay couldn't complete a pass today to save their entire life. And for Cristiano, it, it, it's it's extremely frustrating because Cristiano Ronaldo has had the ability and the blessing of his career to be surrounded by some of the best playmakers in world football history. I'm not just saying in our current generation history. He's He's used to a level... And for him this is extremely frustrating having balls not get anywhere near where he need he like he's expecting them to go because uh, I'll be honest today there was about a 20 or 30 minute period I forgot Cristiano Ronaldo was on the field and it was something that the commentators were making a very good point about is you could have the best forwards in the world you literally could have a front three of Messi Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar if your midfielders cannot get them the ball, what do you expect them to do? Like and and, and that it's I
1: just imagine imagine going from a Real Madrid midfield of Tony Cruz, Casemiro, yeah. and Luka Modric to fucking Fred and McTominay. I
0: mean you That's but, so bad. but you you even look at it like that was the same thing he was talking about when he was at uh Juventus. Uh, Dybalo was nowhere near on the form he's currently on right now, and he had other exchanging midfielders that just were not delivering what he wanted. He was getting—I mean, and we've all seen the videos now of him going absolutely buckshit crazy in locker rooms during Juventus's, i, don't, like, I guess they're like all-or-nothing documentary, where he's screaming at the whole locker room, it's not good enough. Like, we are not performing to the level we need to perform. And I, I agree. I agree 100% that Cristiano Ronaldo also has the right to be extremely frustrated. Because at the end of the day, it, it, dude, I, I look at it also from the point of view, Michael Jordan probably reamed players for not, you know, doing what they needed to do. Wayne Gretzky probably fucking laid into people. The best players... I'm, I'm not
1: I'm not saying that those great players didn't. LeBron James does the same thing. I.
0: I, I just... just Oh no, I don't don't get me wrong though, but the the thing that the thing that I, that that really jumps out to me and I see it for a full 90 minutes, and this is this hasn't been just something recently that happened, this has been all year. For Manchester United, the arm pointing, the waving, this was during Ollie's tenure, this is now during Ralph Ragnick's terror. That's telling me that there's a lack of communication and there's a lack of execution. And people are expecting other people to do things, and they're not doing it. Which means we have to get back to the drawing board. Because outside of the first game, I haven't seen any of the high press. I don't know about you, JD, when you were watching this game. If you told me Ollie Gunner was still the manager, I'd believe you. Like, sitting back, absorbing some pressure, long balls. That's exactly what Ollie did. I thought this Ralph Ragnick era was supposed to be high press, high energy, quick turnovers, quick counterattack. I didn't see that at all today against Newcastle. And Newcastle so, so, Oh god.
1: So so what are you saying? It wasn't the manager, it was the players?
0: Oh no, I, I think I still think Ollie I think Ollie's time was done. Don't get me wrong. I just think that and it's again, it's a conversation some of us have had. Where it's like, dude, maybe these players have just gotten so used to what Ollie's doing. Like, it's just embedded in their DNA. And the only thing that tells me is whether they're a fan favorite or not, maybe it's time to move on from some of these people. And, like, a name that's kind of been now kind of starting to circulate on, hey, he's maybe getting interest from other clubs around the world, things like that. dude. Marcus Rashford, since coming back from his injury, might be one of the most poor-performing players on the field, and I get it. It's a, it's a, it's an immoral sin within United fans to talk about bad things about Marcus Rashford because of all the good he's done in the world. But on the field, he has been absolutely a shell of the person he was before the surgeries, and. This entire year, he has been very, very poor. He's clearly not linking up with the game plan that has to be done. I'm actually very surprised he was on the field for the full 90 minutes. I felt like he could have gotten pulled um, before Mason Greenwood would have. But, yeah, it's the most disturbing fact to me about this entire game. And then we can close it out and we can go to game previews. Because we've been talking about this game for a while. I was watching this game today and JD I was confused at which team was fighting for their life in the relegation battle and I was really confused at which team was the one that has one of the most expensive budgets in world football. And that I think is I just I <laughs> Well
1: the second part was kind of both of them, but
0: Oh well, you I okay, maybe before the season started okay yeah no no, fair enough fair enough you got me on that one but yeah it it really could it really scares the shit out of me when i have to look at the game and i'm watching it and i'm seeing the way one team is playing and the way another team is playing and i have to remind myself wait which one of these teams just got bought out and is fighting for their life oh oh oh.
1: yeah the wildest stat is that they both like both teams had 13 shots, and Newcastle actually had twice as many shots on target. That's it, that's that's the wildest stat, honestly. Um, I, I, New, Newcastle, I'll just say my piece. Newcastle, I, they, they, game, should they should have won this game, they should
0: have won, they should have won.
1: Manchester United did everything in their power to let Newcastle United win this game towards the end and i it took the crossbar from uh oh who the fuck shot that was that jacob murphy i i think we, i want to say was jacob murphy hit the crossbar or or hit the hit the post i might be wrong if it was jacob murphy or yeah. not um but, uh, but, and then it bounced back and fucking, I think it was either Almaron Al or Brian
0: uh, Fraser and then David De Gea might have, and David, and da, yeah. Save of the season. That's great. The, that's,
1: yes. Well, yeah, well, we're halfway through the uh, season, uh, but yes, probably it. so far. Yeah. Save of that, the season. Yeah. That, like, but yeah, it took, it took that to not lose to Newcastle. So that's when you know you're. Having trouble.
0: A funny a funny conversation piece between United fans is David De Gea is never the best goalie in the world when Man United are good. Like last year when Man United were flying at certain parts of the year, David De Gea was the most inconsistent keeper in the world. Now that Man United is back to being bum average, David De Gea goes right back to being the world's best. Um Yeah, it was uh dude, I'm I'm telling you right now, I really hope, you know I'm interested. January will be open by the time the next games are by to, By the time we, oh no, not yet. Actually, no, we'll be releasing on New Year's no, Eve. No, there's midweek. Yeah.
1: There's midweek games we're gonna talk about. Good
0: fucking god. Um, I, I'm interested to see what United do in the January transfer window because now United are starting to be linked up to a lot of different players, and if they're Ralph's guys, maybe they can change the culture. But yeah, we'll. Uh,
1: whatever happened to whatever happened to United's academy? Just every window, they're like all oh, these fucking players. We have gotta bring in as many players as possible. Whoa. I I understand they Whoa. have an academy. I'm Whoa. just I'm just saying. Whoa. They and are. They. I mean, they're just shouting out money left for, and right. For, for, kind, for, not really selling people. For, I, all right.
0: For, first of all, let's all let's all calm down just for five minutes because we can talk about one. You have Marcus Rashford. Mason Greenwood, Mark Tragic Greenwood, Mason Greenwood, yeah, cool. Scott McTominay is an Academy okay. product. You also was it was he
1: an Academy guy? I thought they just brought him in young. No, nope. okay, he was an Academy, Academy guy. Okay, guy. okay.
0: You have Jesse Lingard, who yes, Hey, <laughs> okay. I, okay. I, I, it counts. You have um, and okay. you haven't. You have this 18 year old who actually just signed his first professional professional deal, in Gala, uh, he is kind of yeah, but what.
1: Okay, I'm talking about guys that were in this game slash
0: oh, in, in this game well,
1: actually, pl- act, well, but actually playing yeah, like well, right semi regularly. And,
0: and and Gala, I don't know if he was on the bench for this game, but he has gotten consistent minutes in other parts of this game. Ralph Ragnick clearly is doing something with the academy, and he's clearly doing something with the, the youth system. So I'm interested to see because a lot of guys who are on the fringe of being U21s to first teamers. A lot of these guys have gotten contracts recently under Ralph Ragnick. So there's clearly something there brewing. But, yes, Ralph wants to bring in some of his guys. That's what it's going to be. He's going to want to bring in guys who are going to want to do what he does. Ralph Ragnick, I know you're listening, Tyler Adams, 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 Tyler Adams. Let's get to some game previews because, yes, boys and girls, at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. 10 a.m., okay? While you're at your office, crack open a beer secretly. Don't tell the boss. Trust me, I won't. We have some <laughs> midweek action at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. 10 a.m. on and a this, Tuesday. And,
1: and this podcast will come out the night we are recording it because we didn't realize games were at 10 a.m. the 10 next day. A.m. On a so uh this is as as we are recording right now it is 8 58 p.m as i am saying this on tuesday night or no monday night i'm excuse me monday night 8 58 p.m this will be live definitely by 10 p.m
0: yeah tuesday night and uh trust me when i say at 10 a 10 p.m i will be making that post basically i'm gonna wait for jd to let me know the episode is up um yeah
1: yeah yeah by 10 p.m so i keep saying tuesday monday night 10 p.m. Monday night, uh, December 27th, 2021, this will be live.
0: Oh, really? Which doesn't, yeah. I mean,
1: this means nothing because it won't be live until then, so you won't hear this until then. Sorry, I, I'm. this opens up a whole new thing. Whatever. It'll be live, it won't be live tomorrow morning, it'll be live
0: tonight. Oh, by the way. Uh, I'm
1: always saying that to you. By the
0: way, Books MVP, uh, Joe Linton from Newcastle. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Oh, great game, yeah, ab- great absolutely game. Absolutely phenomenal oh game. Yeah, um, dude, fucking balling performance. All right, let's get through these games. He
1: megged somebody. He megged somebody. He megged
0: two people. I said it in the he discord. Two I, made, I in said this it in game. the
1: discord. I said, you know, you're having a fucking bad he, day with Joel Linton's out here megging he people. He megged
0: two people. He did it in the first half too. Okay. I'm having a bad time, okay? Um, yeah, you,
1: you know you're having a bad time uh, when, that, when that's going on. Really
0: quick, as of this point, JD just told you what time we're recording. Um, at this point, the Arsenal Wolves and the Leeds United Aston Villa games have been postponed due to COVID outbreaks. So, yes, uh, those games are off the books. So, JD, let's get started. Crystal Palace will be hosting Norwich at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Fuck my life. Um, Yes, Uh, the fans, Crystal Palace, me, Crystal Palace, JD.
1: Uh, Yeah, Crystal Palace, easy, Norwich are fucking shit. Quick, Um, oh, quick. Crystal Palace. Quick
0: thing, uh, 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 Wilfred Zaha will not be in this game, though. A
1: a Wilfred zaha list Crystal Palace, I don't care. Conor Gower is going to run the show. Love it. Easy.
0: Southampton, after their big, big win against West Ham United, will be hosting Tottenham. JD, I'll have you start this one off first. I think Tottenham
1: will win, but it won't be as easy as it looks on as it looks on paper. T- Tottenham will probably comfortably win, and I say comfortably is in like a two-one or something like that. But Southampton will give them some fight. But yeah, Tot- Tottenham's still going to win, easy.
0: The fans, as well as myself, are going to be going with Tottenham. Uh, kind of looking at all these games, I feel like we're going to have a lot of same answers. West Ham are going up against Watford, Watford being the home side. The fans are going to go with West Ham United. J.D., I'll hand this now off to you. I'm going to go a
1: draw. Ooh, Watford at home. They, they've shown little little bits of it this season. They've shown little bits. Dennis has been fantastic. And the, I mean, the home crowd maybe can push them, and West Ham, like I said earlier, back down to earth couple bad results recently. I think this might be a shock result, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to go draw.
0: Well, I agree with the fans, and I'm disagreeing with you because I think West Ham will take care of this. I think this is a golden bounce-back opportunity for the Hammers. Um, yeah. Liverpool Football Club, with their actual starting 11, will be going up against Leicester City Football Club. Uh, I'll take this one off first. Uh, Yeah, I think Liverpool are going to take this easy as well as the fans do. JD, I hand this off to you. As a Liverpool fan, Leicester couldn't beat your third-string team. I can't imagine they're going to beat your first.
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs) In the the most unbiased way, like you said, (laughs) Leicester can't beat Liverpool's B-C squad with most of their first team. They can't beat Liverpool's first team right now, so home or away doesn't fucking matter. All right, Liverpool will run riot on Leicester. I, I think Leicester will score. They will expose Liverpool's high back line. James Madison, Jamie Vardy, th- th- there will be something there, but Mohamed Salah, Sadio and Diego Jota, you give them a sniff of a chance. Right now, the form they are in, no, no chance. No chance. I mean, this game could be like 4-1, even 4-2, and Liverpool still feel comfortable.
0: Chelsea Football Club will be hosting Brighton. Uh, JD, I'll have you start this one off first. Uh, Yeah, Chelsea back on winning ways last week, but Brighton also got themselves a really massive three points. So both teams coming off of a win. But Chelsea are home. So what are you thinking?
1: I'm going to go Chelsea. It'll be a close match. But Chelsea... And Brighton score late to make it interesting. 2 1 Chelsea win.
0: Yeah. Uh, the fans, as well as myself, are also going to go with Chelsea Football Club. Um, yeah. I think Chelsea got a win. Lukaku back in, you know, back in the start, like back in the mix. Um, I just don't think Leicester have, or not Leicester, I don't think Brighton have what it takes to kind of stay up with it. So, um,. Brentford will be hosting Manchester City. The fans are going to be going with Manchester City, obviously. JD, I'll hand this now off to you. Um, Manchester City on the road. Going away to Brentford's never easy, but I, I I don't know. I think Man City are just too much.
1: Yeah, Manchester City going to win. But I will say, if there was ever a time for Manchester City to slip up, Ooh. wouldn't it be great? Brentford at home. Ugh. I what think, a story that would be. I think J right, I, I think think you're just be beautiful.
0: I think you're just saying out loud that if Brentford knock any points off of City you might just be putting a uh Brentford uh home jersey in your shopping cart for a, maybe a post
1: Honestly, I I'm not a big fan of of ki- of team kits that that have stripes. I'm not a huge fan. But that, that being said, I do like Brentford. Now, I did. I, I, I am having the same feelings that I had for Leeds last season. And I didn't buy a Leeds jersey. I almost bought a Leeds jersey last season. I'm really glad I didn't. Honestly, at this point, I probably still would buy a Leeds jersey, like a Patrick Bamford jersey. I do like him. But, um, yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to buy a Brentford jersey, even if they take points off City. But I don't know. My dick might get really hard, though. Uh, I might I might I I might have to call a doctor because it might be four hours later. Oh my, my, uh,
0: oh my goodness. Well, if Manchester City find a way to not get all three points, uh just honestly reach out to J D, make sure he's okay. Um uh, but yeah, I'm yeah. also I'm a- it,
1: it'll be worse than those gas it sta- it'll be worse than those gas station burner pills. Have you ever tried those, man? No,
0: no, I haven't. I, I'm gonna be honest. You never, with you
1: know you, ne- you, ne- you never done gas station burner no, pills? I know
0: people who have um
1: I, as a yeah like I, it's not fun yeah I
0: I, I I one of my buddies way way back in the, my college years he was like hey someone bet me five bucks and i'll do this and i literally one of the guys i was with was like i'll pay you five dollars and buy the pills and it's like okay score <laughs> bought it i think like days later he's like yeah i had to go to the emergency room and i'm like so this, oh, I wasn't that so bad. Like, I just uh,
1: got—I got really sick. Yeah, I, like it—it it made me sick. Yeah, I, I,
0: I, I'm, okay. it also worked, well, but
1: uh, it made me sick. Uh,
0: JD gives it a four and a half stars out of five. Would recommend to a friend. Uh, yeah, I'm also going with Manchester City. Uh, next game, Everton will be hosting Newcastle. Um, I'm gonna go first. Um, I'm gonna go with Everton, and the reason why is. It's it's those calf injuries to Callum Wilson and St. Allen St. Maximum, um, both were not able to continue. Both went straight to the locker room after their injuries, leaving me to think that those injuries are serious. That they will not risk it at all. If anything, to get anything reevaluated to see if it's not as bad as originally thought. But yeah, I have zero anticipation that either one of those guys will be in the game as well. Everton are home. uh Newcastle got a great point today, but I can't imagine they're gonna keep that form. Uh I have Everton. Uh the fans though, going with a draw, they think this game will end up even. So JD, I'll hand this off to you. What are we thinking?
1: If 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 Alan T. Maxman and Calum Wilson were, were going to play in this game, I'd go Newcastle. So would I but because they probably won't, I'm going draw. Easy draw. Everton Everton right now cannot beat Newcastle. Even even at half strength. I every, this average side is shit. It is absolute shit. I don't trust them at all. So i, I I'm, this might be a nil nil draw, Ooh. honestly.
0: Uh, A barn burner. Um, Final game of the weekend, it'll be on Thursday. Uh, Manchester United will be hosting Burnley. So Burnley playing their first competitive game, or at least we hope, we don't know if the game will happen yet. Uh, Burnley playing their first competitive game in what has to be over two weeks at this point. Uh, Man United looking very disappointing on the road, but looking to bounce back at home. So, J.D., I'll have you start this one off for the final pick. Um, I don't know. What, What are we thinking here?
1: So much of me wants to pick a draw because I I just feel like this game's gonna be so fucking boring. Honestly, yeah, I'm gonna go draw. It, it's it's partly because Manchester United just played today as we're recording, um, and this is three days later, so not a lot of rest. And then it's Burnley. This is what they fucking do. I, I especially against a team like Manchester United where they're. They're not clicking very well together. The last kind of team they want to go up against is a defense like that, where they are going to offer nothing going forward. It will be eleven or well, 10, 10 outfield players behind the ball the entire time. That's the last team that Manchester United wants to be playing right now. In in, in how and how they're performing, they don't they don't want to play this Burnley team. I this this might be also a nil-nil draw. Yeah. Honestly.
0: I mean, uh, honestly, and I'm not even I'm not joking with you at all here. I 100% agree. Um when they were talking about like, you know, post-game stuff and then they were like, "Oh, Emmanuel need to play Burnley on Thursday." I literally like in my mind was just like, "Fuck my life." Because we just played a team yeah. that put all 10 guys behind the ball and still played better than us. And now I think like, "Fuck. We're playing against the team that wrote the motherfucking book about putting 10 guys behind the goddamn ball. I'm still going to go with United as well as the fans, because I think, I just, I don't know. I think something, especially at home, something should click. Um, If United don't get all three points against Burnley at home on Thursday, uh, there's going to be a lot of, you know, red flags now starting to pop up all over the place. And, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, guys... It has been a pleasure, as always. Uh, Really quickly, uh, from last week's results, everyone got three picks. JD now is 83. I have 78. And uh, the fans have 76. So we have a couple games. I think there's three games where we all have different picks. So what's nice is that there could be some movement. So we'll... uh, We'll see what goes on. But, guys, as always, uh, from the EPL Boys, remember to follow us on Instagram. That's at the EPL Boys. Uh, That's where we do all of our fan questions, fan picks, and that's where we really interact with you guys the most. So make sure, if you haven't already, give us a follow on Instagram as well. Listen to us on everywhere you listen to your podcast. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts everywhere else you get it and if you have the ability to rate us so that's actually something we haven't talked about if you have the ability to rate us five stars please five stars and we will love you forever but guys for
1: write an honest view uh, write an honest review i don't know
0: i don't know if we need an honest review um
1: (laughs) no no be honest be honest does jd drink too much let me know
0: oh oh we're about to have a private AA meeting in the reviews of our Apple podcast reviews. Uh, but, guys, as always, for JD, my name is Matt. Guys, be safe, be well, and guys, we will see you guys next time.
1: Peace out.